Hi, I'm James Atkinson and welcome to the conversation I recorded with Dan Dainton, co-founder of Dainton Family Brewery in Melbourne. The Dainton name was catapulted into the public eye in recent weeks when the brewery won champion craft beer for its Cherrywood Smoked Rye Baltic Porter at the Craft Beer Awards in Adelaide. I caught up with Dan to ask him a bit about his brewing journey to date and how he came up with the beer that impressed the judges. Enjoy the conversation, but first, a word from our sponsor. Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. Well, Dan Dayton, thanks very much for joining us on Radio Brews News. Absolute pleasure, James. Thanks for having me. Now, people probably have to be uh, under a rock to um, not know who you are, but we're still going to start the interview with this question. Who is Dan Dayton? Um, mate, a question I ask myself every morning when I wake up with my uh, two-year-old daughter screaming, who am I? What am I doing? Um, <laughs> look, yeah, I, I suppose um, I'm the, the head brewer and the owner uh, and founder of, of Dayton Family Brewery. And you guys started out a few years ago now as a gypsy brewer? Yes, we did. Um, and when I say we, that's myself and, and my old man, Kevin, um, who's my business partner. We started off in 2013, so quite some time ago now. Um, and we only really sort of did a couple of batches of gypsy brewing in that year and then um, escalated a bit. And then I chopped my finger off in an auger and couldn't brew for about six months. And then we got kicked out of one of the places, the one I chopped my finger off in. And uh, then we went and brewed at the lovely people of Brooks in Bendigo and Jamison and Temple and Hawkers and Mildura and did some stuff in Ballarat at Red Duck. And yeah, we uh, gypsied ourselves around pretty well. And what about um, yourself? Like, where did you actually begin your brewing career prior to um, starting the business? Um, yep, I started, um, well, professionally, I started at James Squire. I was working in a home brew shop, Grain and Grape, in Yarraville, trying to get my way into brewing somehow. And my third cousin came in one day, who I hadn't seen in about 10 years, and he just happened to be working for James Squire, and a week later he said, my boss wants to call you about a job, which he did. And um, I went for a job and got a, a brewing job at the Portland Hotel, brewing for James Squire. And yeah, I think um, I think Chuck Hahn nearly fired me when I um, made a black rye IPA in 2011 under the James Squire name. I, I don't think he was real thrilled with it, but uh, it was a really cracking beer. And I remember getting a fair bit of... A fair few beer nerds come in going, wow, what is this thing? You know, it was Black Rye IPA now. It's not that unique, but six years ago, I don't think there was anything like that in Australia. You're a bit of a square peg in a round hole in, in that uh, in that environment. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, look, it was, it was interesting, though. There was a lot of people I met there um, who have sort of moved on to more crafty adventures, which was interesting. But, yeah, that's where I started, and then I was at Holgate for... Um, a short amount of time too before we um, started Gypsy Brewing. 
And was always the end game to eventually get your own brewery? It was. It was. That was always a plan from the start. Uh, it just took us a lot longer to um, kind of find the spot that Kevin and I were, were happy with. And then when we did, uh, yeah, it took us about two years from the purchasing of the property to making beer. Uh, might have even been two and a half years. So it was certainly a bit of a journey. And you're in Caram Downs, which is out towards Frankston. Is that an area that you were looking at from the outset? No. In fact, I, I'd never even heard of Caram Downs until we got here. And <laughs> it's like, where is that place? But yeah, look, it is Frankston's the suburb over and then sort of Seaford adjacent as well. But no, look, we were looking down uh, the peninsula way. Um, we sort of identified that as a, as a place that ticked a few boxes. It wasn't too far from Melbourne, had good tourism, had good arterials to the city and to transport. And we wanted to buy the land as well, or Kev did. And uh, yeah, Mornington was too expensive. Um, you know, the other places were probably a bit too far away from what we had in mind. And yeah, Caram Down sort of popped up as a as a place, and it's worked out well. The, the locals love the bar here. We get a lot of people in over the weekend, and it's not too far from the city either. So um, it's been really great. So there's you know a big appetite in that area for the styles of beers that you make, which some of which are probably pretty challenging styles. Yeah. Um, Looking from the outside in, you might think that no, there's not, but we are surprised and I'm surprised all the time, especially when I sort of jump behind the bar. I just can't pick what people want. I, you know, I see a tradie walking in his floor. I'm like, yeah, look, he's probably just after our, our draft, which is a great beer. And he comes in, he's like, yeah, but you got the, the black IPA on again. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, but I love that beer. <laughs> it's, just, it's just great to see people of all different walks of life and different demographics just enjoying different beer. So it's fantastic. It's, it's what we're really about, educating people about great beer, not just our beer, but, but just uh, great independent beer. And it's just so fantastic to see um, so many different people drinking so many different beers. It's obviously been a pretty pivotal few weeks for you, winning champion beer at the Craft Beer Awards with the Cherrywood Smoked Ride Baltic Porter. Are you still on cloud nine over there? since you got that going a couple of weeks ago? Um, yeah, look, to, to be honest, I haven't really thought too much about what it means, I suppose, retrospectively. Like, uh, there's a lot of sort of forward planning going on in my head now. Um, but, you know, how do we sort of, you know, from a boring business point of view, I suppose, going, yeah, look, you know, it, it's, it's fantastic that we've got some credibility to kind of back up what we claim is that we want to make fantastic beer, so I guess there's some credibility to that story now, but at the same time, it's, all right, well, yeah, how do we sort of get that word out there in, in a non-egotistical kind of way and to say, hey, look, you know, we do think we make great beer. It looks like a few other people do too. That's great. You know, how do we spread the word um, and get some, some more beer out there and leverage it, I suppose? Um, you yeah, know, that, that's really sort of where I'm at, the headspace I'm in at the moment. And who knows, maybe, uh, maybe when I have a holiday after Christmas, I'll... I'll sit back and, and reflect on it over a beer. Is that beer something that you've been working with over some time and tweaking the recipe, or was it just was it a first crack at it? It was the first crack. Yeah, it was sort of one of those ideas I had. You know, someone asked me the other day how I, I came up with beer ideas, and generally, um, I, I'm sitting down drinking a beer, thinking about beer, and going, "All right, well, what do I like? You know, I, I like sort of spicy rye." characters you know there's a lot of rye in a lot of our beers i like dark beers I obviously like hoppy beers too but you know and i was thinking about making a, a large dark beer um to be honest it was i was going look you know i don't want to make another hoppy ipa in the middle of winter i want to make something big and dark 
um, you know, we haven't made a, a big lager before, and you know, this beer is a lager. And yeah, I, I don't know. I saw some cherry wood um, malt available from Bintani. And um, I had some pale malt there as well. And it was like, well, what could we make here? And I started looking up Baltic Porter recipes and some ideas. And yeah, I guess the, the smokiness and the smoothness and sort of the ester profile, I thought, would all work really well together. And um, yeah, just started putting it together very quickly. And we sort of made it within a day and, and then made it. And yeah, um, Cam, our brewer, um, he was milling in while I was sort of on the, the brew house. He forgot to chuck a couple of the bags of the uh, smoke malt in. And uh, <laughs> we sort of made the beer and it was like the end of the day. I'm like, oh no, those bags of smoke malt, we're not going to win any medals. Ah! <laughs> and um, yeah, he's, uh, he's very happy that he left them out now. So Yeah, uh, so there's probably, you know, anytime you win a trophy like Champion Beer, there's going to be an element of luck involved one way or another. Definitely, mate, definitely. Look, you know, um, I judged, as did you, and to sort of come out on top, you know, yes, you have to have a fantastic beer, but then, you know, there, there is an element of, of luck and procedure in there as well. You know, we, we get the best guys to judge in the country and girls to judge in the country come in, but, yeah, look, you know, they, they all have to agree on whether the beer's gold and what, then whether it's trophy and then whether it comes out on top. So, you know, there, there is a process, and it is a human process, so there's always going to be you know, um, some variance uh, in there. So, yeah, um, to come out on top, yes, a bit of luck, but also, I, I suppose, yeah, you've got to have a, a, a cracking beer too. Absolutely. And does that beer now join part of the core range ongoing? Yeah, look, we actually brewed another batch of it yesterday. So we'll um, we'll get some more out. Um, it's pretty much all gone now. Well, it's all gone from here anyway. I'm not sure if our distributors have any left or not. But yeah, look, I, I, it's one of those ones. I don't think there's any point having it as a limited release kind of thing. I think for us, we'll have it uh, available year round, so people can try it and taste it. And you know, look, it's just a it's a good little story to have available the whole time. You know, this beer one, Champion Australian Craft Beer, and yeah, it's good for us to take that around with us. So yeah, it'll be around. Good stuff. And I mean, how important is your tap room in your business model, and how widely distributed? Uh, your beers otherwise because i'm obviously based in sydney i don't really see them up here too much um yeah so i'll, I'll sort of answer the second one first um, <laughs> we've just sort of gone into a new distribution agreement with uh, phoenix beer and they have excellent national coverage as well as sort of coverage in the in the big uh, nationals uh, national sort of retailers as well so you know, our plan is to get into those bigger chains and also hit up the, the independents in each state as well. So, you know, we believe that we are on the right track. Our access to market now is, is probably the best it's been. And with winning the award as well, I think that, that should help our pull through. So, um, yeah, nationally, it's growing. It's not as big as we want it. But, yeah, the Tap House, um, look, it, it's fantastic for a number of reasons. It gives us a home and a place to talk to people face-to-face very easily about what they like about the beer, you know, for us to see what sells well, to see how well, you know, it goes from the brewery to the tap as well. And as far as business, yeah, look, it's kind of pivotal, really, like it turns beer into cash straight away. Otherwise, we're waiting for up to 60 days to get paid by other people, which can be a bit of a killer in uh, this manufacturing business, which we're in. You know, there's a lot of cash flow issues that go on, especially when you're sort of a small operation like us at the beginning so yeah the tap the tap house you know it's pivotal from that business point of view as well and um you've obviously mentioned that your old man is your business partner tell us about the dynamics of that relationship because that's probably fairly unique yeah look it it is you know i'm not sure how i could sum it up but basically he 
he comes and uh, he lives out of town in Shepparton. He comes and stays with me and my wife and my daughter about three nights a week. And then we sort of uh, come into work together, work together, yell at each other a bit, um, hug, make up, have a coffee, have a beer, do some more yelling, do a fair bit of work, and then he goes home and then uh, repeat. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, look, it is. It's kind of, um, I don't know if um, Black Books is uh, something that kind of reminds me of sometimes the, the humour and, and carry on in that. But, look, it's fantastic too. You know, like we, we get to share in, in, in what we do, um, the downs and the, the highs as well. But, you know, for us, I suppose, it really makes having open and honest uh, communication, you know, that's pivotal for both of us all the time. And if we don't have that, um, it's very easy for things to get a bit hairy. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that's a really big thing for Dainton moving forwards is that integrity about what we do. And that sort of has to come come across in, in the product that we make and, and the way that we represent ourselves. So, you know, that comes from the essence of, of who we are. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's it's very important part of, of what we do, the family aspect. Yeah, and it's something that you actually emphasise in your brand name as well, Dainton Family Brewery. Yeah, yeah, look, we do. And um, that probably means something different now to what it did to begin with. But what it means now is, yeah, look, it is family, but, you know, everyone in our in our business is, is our family and that's the way that we run it, like a giant family, you know, whether that's our bar manager or our bar staff or, you know, guys um, packaging beer or a brewer or a sales rep. We are all sort of fighting for the same kind of thing and we're, we're all on the same page and all, we all have the same mission. And, yeah, we all do different things. So, yeah, that's kind of what the family means for us now. And also, you know, really our, our local community and the large community, it's all one and part of the same thing. So, yeah, that's what the family means to us. And so I'm assuming you sort of run the brewing operations side of things. What skills does your dad bring to the partnership? Yeah, Kev has had a computer business for about 30-odd years. He sold it last year. So he has a lot of sort of business admin skills. So that's sort of where he helps, sort of on the financial side of stuff, while I do a fair bit of the brewing organising. I don't do as much brewing these days as I used to. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I suppose, you know, for me, the brewing is my passion and it's where my qualifications are. And then, yeah, I've got to do a fair bit of the uh, the sailing and, and spruiking and, and stuff like that as well. What would you say is the flagship beer in your range and what, what are the, the beers that are there year-round? Yeah, the beers are year-round. We've got the American Pale Ale, our Extra Session Ale, which is a, a mid-strength poppy um, kind of pale ale. We've got the IPA, which we used to call the Insane Uncle IPA, and now we kind of just call it the IPA. That's probably our biggest seller. Well, it is our biggest selling beer, and uh, it won gold at the uh, the awards as well. That's probably my personal favourite in the range. And we've got a draft, which is an Australian international-style pilsner, and it's kind of the beer we brewed to serve down here mainly and just to have as sort of a, a gateway kind of beer. You know, it's kind of based loosely on a German-style pilsner. And then we've got the Red Eye Rye, which is kind of a standalone beer. Um, it has different packaging. It was the original beer that we brewed years and years and years ago, and that's um, you know probably a beer that people still keep asking about. It's been in some two chef hats restaurants and stuff like that as well. It's it's a very unique beer, and that was sort of where we started with having a unique sessionable beer. So they're sort of the main ones. I don't think I've left anything out. 
they're all available in cans. Do you guys have a, a packaging line on site there, or are you using using mobile canning? Or no, we we, we don't use mobile canning. We have a um, cast an ACS one uh, semi automatic line, so it sort of packs down one of our thirty heck tanks in about three and a half hours, or a sixty heck in about seven and a half, eight hours. So we do all of our canning here. Everything's done on site now, which is great. Look, at, you know, we've had consistency issues in the past. You know, we, we were at seven different gypsy breweries and now everything's done here in-house. And, um, you know, I don't think we've ever had beer of this quality before and nothing to do with the guys we're getting made at. It's just, you know, we're doing things the way we want now. We've got really tight control over what we do, um, which is fantastic. And we, we contract out to a few other guys as well. So there's a couple of guys that get their product made here. Yeah, which is good for us and good for them. And what about the actual branding as well? Because I think, you, I mean, you mentioned that, um, you know, you changed in St. Uncle to just IPA. And I think the actual look and feel of the brand's changed a bit since you guys started out. Definitely. Oh, mate, look, we've, um, you know, it's still a bit of a sticking point sometimes for us. Um, I'm just looking at my wall here now. You know, we have definitely had a couple of branding changes. We sort of started off with a quirky kind of gothic Americana look, um, looking at the old red eye. And then, you know, that was just becoming a bit hard to maintain. And we moved on to another guy. It was still looking quite evil and gothic. And we actually did a, um, a survey uh, about 18 months ago asking people about the brand. And the overwhelming feedback was that, it was a bit scary and a bit unapproachable and people loved the beer, but they just really didn't like the look of it. And we kind of thought, well, look, you know, what we really want to do is to make fantastic beer and for this to be about the beer and, you know, and not really be about being a fancy lifestyle product or something. You know, what we want to concentrate on is the beer and also for people to easily recognise that it's us. And, you know, that kind of went into a new marketing brief uh, we approached a new graphic design person and we said, look, you know, what we really want is something bold and unique that stands out. I and mean, that's kind of what we came up with, with the Big D, and it uh, looked a lot cleaner and a lot more approachable. So it had a little bit of a backlash too with a few, um, you know, loyal customers. They're like, ah, oh, look, we love the old look. It was fantastic, you know, it stood you guys apart. And look, while it might have, you know, where we want to go is getting, you know, great beer into more and more people's mouths. And I think where the brand was in its quirky, fun way, which I loved, it was just, it wasn't as approachable as I wanted it to be. Um, And now if you still read our labels and if you still look closely, you'll still see a lot of that cheeky kind of whimsical uh, wit written down that, you know, when you look at it on the shelf, you really see that big D pop out. And, you know, if you're a believer in, in the quality of the product, which which we are, then um, I think at the end of the day, you know, we'll get more beer in, into more people's mouths. And hopefully those people that love the Insane Uncle artwork will forgive us. Um, probably the next question to ask you, Dan, is have you been paying attention? Uh, yeah, I have. So for Radio Brews News listeners who weren't aware, yeah, there was a question on the the TV game show, have you been paying attention about the Cherrywood smoked rye Baltic porter? Did you know that was coming up? If you were actually sitting there watching it and, and recording at the time, you must have. Um, I had no idea. A few people text me on the night and said, you're on TV. And I'm like, oh, okay. And um, yeah, I think uh, I found out the next day. And luckily, my um, sales rep records it every week. And, yeah, he said, oh, I record it. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so I went home and we had the eye view and basically just, yeah, we, we replayed it and watched it. So that was, it was good to see. 
yeah, good, good to, uh, yeah, good to get a bit of coverage on on mainstream telly. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was nice, and um, we've got, uh, we had a, a few, uh, few celebs come down on Friday night to help us celebrate. We had Paul Mercurio and um, and young Mervyn Hughes come down. So Merv's a big fan of the beers. The bigger the beer, the more Merv loves it, which goes very counter to what I thought he'd like. I thought he'd like our draft, but. His favourite's our, uh, our double red ale, which is an imperial amber ale, triple dry hops. He's like, love it. I just love that beer. It kills me. Um, so Merv was very excited that we made a 9% beer for him to drink. I just have to get him some. And that was to celebrate the um, the trophy, was it? It was, yeah, yep. Good stuff. All right, well, Dan, we might maybe leave it there and let you right. get about your day, but thanks very much for joining us on Radio Bruce News. Yeah, no worries, James. Thanks very much, mate. And, yeah, let us know how it all goes, and I'm sure I'll see you around the traps, mate, for a beer. Absolutely. I'll have to get down there one of these days myself. Yep, definitely. Well, let me know, and we'll, um, we'll make sure that you are welcome. Good stuff. We'll let you go. Cheers, Dan. Thanks, James. Take care, mate. Bye. That was Dan Dayton. If you enjoy Radio Bruce News and Beer is a Conversation, please rate us and leave a review on your favourite podcasting app like iTunes. We look forward to joining you next week for another conversation about beer.